The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axe off. Axe off. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axe off. Axe on. Axe off. He went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. I just realized I didn't tell the people why I like ties. Not neckties. Like Steelers, Browns, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, 2002 ties. We'll get to that coming up in about 20 minutes on the show. We got Mark Caboli coming up in a second. First, let's get to Dallas next up on the Crowley Show, where your mom listens and you should too. Dallas, hello. Uh, yeah, hey, Adam. Uh, it's funny that no one mentioned this yet, um, but we haven't seen Ben and AB um, not not be able to do their thing since Baltimore, and it kind of. It kind of brought to my attention that, you know, I'm glad we didn't see AB throw a Gatorade bottle on the sideline because a couple a couple times they would show the, the sideline and AB would be going down there upset and going crazy to, to Randy Feekner. So I'm surprised that we didn't see him throw a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, appreciate the call, Dallas. I think that Ben's interceptions were the result of him trying to force the ball to Antonio Brown. Whether or not that's Ben just doing it because Ben thinks that's the best thing that he could do, or whether Ben's doing it because he thinks that A.B.'s going to flip out if he doesn't try to get him the football is the question. Maybe Mark Caboli knows the answer. He joins us now from The Athletic. Mark, a tie. How about that? Mark, hello. Do we have Mark Caboli? We might have him. We might not. That's kind of like a tie. And ties suck. I just hate the not knowing, you know? I just hate it. I love ties, though. I actually do. Yesterday, both friggin' teams deserved a tie. Cleveland allowed seven sacks, and their quarterback threw 25 incompletions. The Steelers' quarterback threw three picks and turned it over five times. Both teams didn't deserve to win. Joe? You ever have a chicken pad tie? I have had chicken pad tie. That's my favorite kind of tie. I love pad top. Yeah. Little little peanuts. Rice, rice noodles, peanuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good tie. Would uh if I had to ask you, Joe, what what spice level would you go? Oh. One well, to ten. If I'm at Noodlehead, it's uh one because they up their spices. Did they? Yeah, so like I'm I'm a pretty mild spice guy. Plus like those, they get very spicy. You gotta be a little conservative. Appreciate the contribution there, Joe. Haven't talked to Joe on the air in a long time. He brings up Thai food. Any Thai. Mark Caballi joins us now here on the Crowley Show. Mark, a Thai, really? How about that? Yeah, how about that? I'm sure you didn't have that on your uh, survivor pool. What happens on the survivor pool if you have that? Do you know? I think you get a do-over, maybe. I don't know. I do not know. That's probably the, the biggest question that came out of that game. Are you alive or are you dead after the survivor pool if you picked the Steelers? Mark, I feel like the Steelers in the locker room took it as a loss. Uh, I've read quotes. I've watched video. You were down there. How was their reaction following the game? Yeah, it, it was like that. Uh, they look what we're talking about now. We're talking about one in thirty-one Browns up fourteen with seven minutes 
left in the game. And if you rewind it a little bit, another minute or so before that, you probably should have had the ball at midfield at that point. So it, it got to the point, Adam, I don't know if you could tell this on TV, it, uh, when it went up 21-7 to and they were punting, it was like the mass exodus. It was like the queue. Everybody was leaving. Then that's when James Conner fumbled and everybody come running back in, I guess, sort of like the 1988 World Series with the Kirk Gibson type of thing. So everybody thought it was over. So, of course, they felt that it was uh, a loss. And, you know, it probably was. I mean, you shouldn't lose. You shouldn't give up 14 points in a five-minute span to the Cleveland Browns Correct. on the road. And it should, just shouldn't happen. Mark, this is I'll – I'll give you my opinion and then I'll get yours. Uh, I – thought that James Conner should have been spelled maybe at the end of the game because he's never carried the load before. Get the complement of backs in there. Allow them to wear down the Cleveland Browns defense. If that happens, I don't think you see a fumble. I don't think you see the Steelers lose the game. That's my opinion. That's what I would have liked to see happen. That being said, whoever Mike Tomlin starts at running back is always going to be the guy, isn't he? That's what it seems like. I mean... uh... I'd have to go back and look, and I don't quite remember any time over the past, you know, five to ten years, except maybe you remember in Cleveland or maybe six, seven years ago when they kept fumbling the ball and he just kept replacing <laughs> running back after running back after yeah, running but back. Jonathan Dwyer was one of those running backs. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was Isaac Redman. I think, uh. yeah, I think Willie Parker might have been still on the team. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I mean, you saw this a couple years ago when the, uh, when – Willie, no, Willie Parker, Le'Veon Bell, I already forgot about him, was suspended, and D'Angelo Williams had a pretty good game or two. You would think he would be worked into the, the offense a little bit as he came back, and he wasn't. I mean, it's just a a organizational, or it can be organizational, but, you know, Randy Fickner comes from the long line of the Todd Haley here because they, they work with each other, and they just want that run one back. I don't think James Conner fumbled the ball because he was tired with seven minutes left. I think James Conner fumbled the ball because Miles Garrett overwhelmed Alejandro Villanueva. So uh, I, I wouldn't want to see Stephen Ridley to get in there at that point. Then what are you what are you saying right now today? If Stephen Ridley's in there with seven minutes left, you're like, why is Ridley in there? James Conner has been the bell cow. So no, I, I would not have said that, Mark. Yes, I would not have yes, said that. Yes, you would have. Other people would have. Other people would have. I would not have. Uh, people have been saying, oh. People. Run, they're always the Twitter people. Running back by committee. Running back by committee. Running back by committee. And then if the running back by committee happened, they would have bitched. You're always damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I thought, of course, the fumble was a crucial point in the game. That being said, Ben Roethlisberger turns the ball over five times. You can blame Alejandro Villanueva if you want with Miles Garrett being as good as he is. I thought he played a pretty solid game. I thought Ben held the ball too long on a number of different circumstances and I guess the question is Mark I mean is this inconsistent Ben Roethlisberger just the guy that we need to expect now I don't think so I mean first of all you couldn't tell on TV how bad it was raining it was raining significantly so you have to take that into account and I don't know if I really blame Roethlisberger on too many of those turnovers I mean if you're getting hit by uh, Miles Garrett, you're going to let the ball go here, and everybody's holding the ball on uh, ball too long. That's what he does at times. So I don't think you can criticize him for that. Can you criticize him for the first interception to Denzel Ward? Yeah, it was a great play, but he probably shouldn't have thrown it there. Jesse James one obviously wasn't his fault, and there was just miscommunication on the Antonio Brown one where 
I think Brown crossed the face of the safety and the other guy, and uh, Ben thought he was going to go behind him. Miscommunication, maybe. I mean, that, those things tend to happen. So I don't see any flaws where you say, you know, where you look at him mechanically and say, okay, there's some issues. He had like one or two that floated away. This wasn't – I don't think this was – comparable to the years past where he started. And I still truly believe I have no evidence of this whatsoever, but last year I thought he was hurt at some point during that first month of the season and he finally got healthy. So uh, I don't think that's the last thing you really probably have to worry about right now with this team. I think, you know, if you're looking at one thing, I, I honestly do believe that Dylan Wave is a little question mark because it's not going to get any easier for him. There's some big guys coming down the road here, and he's going to have to start playing better. That's interesting. What you So what do you think the biggest issue is then if it's not Ben? Well, I mean, I like what Connor did. I mean, don't get me wrong on this, but let's see this over a span of three, four, five, six weeks. Sure. I mean, Connor really hasn't taken a load of any carries like this probably since his early college years let's say if he can actually hold up to the pounding see what happened last year he got hurt three or four times i think that's the biggest issue if connor gets hurt bell's still out where do you go running back wise after that um other than that i think james washington will eventually come in and supplant um i can't even remember his name now the guy that drops the ball all the time justin hunter there you go. I was thinking Justin Houston is Kansas City. Him, he'll replace him. I think the, it, another big issue you saw that yesterday was still the middle of the field is open, and they don't have anybody really to exploit that. I mean, you either had one high safety or they were playing cover two, and the middle was open, and Jesse James is just not a guy that's going to make that hurt. So I think that's an issue. I think Vance McDonald's health would go a long way in helping his offense. But, you know, the defense – you have to love the majority of what they did. I mean, you get the ball turned over six times, a couple of them in some precarious situations, and only give up really you know, one touchdown or so off of those turnovers. That's a pretty good start for those guys. T.J. Watt, how much a function of the Browns and how much of a function of this guy may be a beast? Yeah, you know what? This is, this is where the majority of the people misread this in the offseason, the switching the sides. They thought it was because of Bud Dupree. Well, in their defense, be... that, that that's what the Steelers said. Yeah, well, of course that's what they're going to say. What are they going to say? We want to set up T.J. Watt to be more comfortable because we think he's better than Bud Dupree. Forget <laughs> him. They're not going to say that. Of course, this is all set up or a great part of the switching was because T.J. Watt, for some reason, and I don't know why, maybe because I don't know if he's left-handed, right-handed, if he bends better on the left and the right side, or if he just reason why he played it in college, he's more comfortable. He's more comfortable on the left side, and they're going to put him in position to succeed, and that's why they made the move, and it seems to be working pretty well. It didn't hurt that Bud Dupree at least had to go against a, you know, I don't even know what he can win against yesterday, undrafted rookie free agent who wasn't really very – maybe he has the talent, but he definitely doesn't have the experience. No. So I like T.J. Watt, and I think the reason why they flipped him was because they wanted to put him in a situation where he's comfortable against lesser right tackles, not because the other way around with Bud Dupree. Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on the Crowley Show. Here's a guy I thought played well yesterday, Mark. Sean Davis. How about that? 
I was a little question mark. I mean, because they were moving him into a total separate position. They wanted him basically be there. Their, their whole thought going into the offseason was, let's bring in hybrid safeties as the other guy. Let's move Sean Davis to free safety, take care of his speed, be able to roam, get to some balls. And to be honest with you, he was a bad call and a penalty away from forcing three turnovers yesterday. No doubt. I mean, he had a tremendous game. One of those was obviously, which is I think is being overlooked, was the special teams play. That's a, that's a huge call in the game because if they get that call right, which I think it did hit Chubb in the face, at the worst case scenario, you're taking three minutes off the clock and giving the ball. Back you know what, Mark? That Cleveland. I didn't even. I have not brought that up once on the show today. That that has Dude. been overlooked. You're great. That's a great point. And and that's it's probably ball game. It's absolutely ball game if that call was called correctly and it was evident so as for sean davis i think you know he needs to get better as in trying to anticipate some of those one high safety look getting to the pylon type of things he's fast enough to get there but you got to be quick and you have to anticipate that call i'm talking basically the josh Horton touchdown so other than that i think he had a great start yeah with john bostic too people want to run him out of town but he if he if you keep getting that from john bostic you'll be more okay. than happy yeah, no, no doubt about it. Mark Caballi joining us here from The Athletic on the Crowley Show. I thought Ryan Switzer is exactly what they needed from him yesterday. He, he does that every yeah. week. That is a hell of a trade. Yeah, I mean, he's you could tell he's a a good return guy. Before, he was just put guys who were fast, quick, right, athletic, right. and say, go return. This guy has the art of returning. If it's even just the little things of, uh, you know, faking a fair catch. He had me faked out a couple times, and I'm like, oh, he's fair catch. No, it's going into the end zone. Yeah, Just TV was like totally that. screwed. Yeah, I mean, it, I was totally screwed in the stadium, too, because I thought he was fair catching it, too. So little things like that, and he, he looks like a guy that's going to be able to break. When I'm interested in how they use him on offense a little bit, I don't know if that's just specifically because of the Browns and what the Browns presented, but if you have a guy... You know, I talked to him Friday, and he said, you know, I'm a return guy, but, you know, I'm more than just that. I had a pretty doggone good, good career in North Carolina as a wide receiver. Why can't I do it here? Uh, it's going to take some time to get into that book. and But it says a lot. He's in the, in the building for eight to ten days, and they put him in the game plan and throw him a ball, hand him a ball, get him involved in the offense as well. But special teams, if that's all you get from him, that's good. And we're talking about all these good things, Adam. Then how in the world did they tie the Browns? Well, six turnovers, 12 <laughs> penalty yards for 116. Uh, 12 penalties called for 116 yards. And you miss a field goal with Boz. That's the thing I'm least worried about. He'll be fine. They'll yeah. they'll figure that out. But penalties, I don't think that's a concern either. I, it is in game one. It One of the reasons why they lost the game. But this always seems to happen. Early in the season, they seem to have penalties, penalty problems under Tomlin. And then it gets figured out by the end of the year. Seems like the Leafs having penalty problems so far week one, right? Yeah, no kidding. There's penalties all over the place. And something yesterday there were some bad ones. There were some bad ones. You're like, wow. I mean, the one I thought was egregious was Hargrave. I know they called him holding. I'm sure you could call that play constantly, but you have to put yourself in the situation of Hargrave right now. He's. I don't know if you recall a play they called. It was a big play. I don't remember the situation, but they called him for holding. They're literally running an outside zone stretch play. Yeah. He's just trying to ward the guy off so he can disengage and make a tackle. Why in the world would he want to hold anybody at that point? 
I mean, you only hold guys if, if somebody's twisting around you in some sort of a stunt. You're not even trying to hold there. It was a huge play. And that's the thing where you have to be a little bit smarter if your referees and say, wait a second, this situation, boy, is, that's not really a penalty. But, hey, I'm sure that it's worked out. As, I mean, they had a nine-month offseason as well, right? So maybe that's it. I hope that that's it and that's only it. Last question for you. You mentioned the nine-month offseason does Ben, do any of these guys need to play more in the preseason to avoid some of this rust, or would that just be a knee-jerk reaction? I think it's a knee-jerk reaction because I, I figured it out. I mean, since they came back and reconvened as a team in, what, early May, they've had something to the neighborhood of 40 practices, if not more. Are you telling me after 40 practices that you're still going to look rusty, you're still going to look... You know, like you need to be have game action. These teams, these forty practices is, is stunning to me. Maybe there's too much practice, and you're maybe you're right. Maybe there is too much practice and not enough playing. But how much off season time and how many times they run plays? I mean, look at the Browns' offensive line jumping off sides four times. It should not happen. It should not happen if you have forty practices. I know that offensive line was new together, but we're talking about practice and you shouldn't make those type of mistakes you shouldn't be we're not talking about rookies we're talking about a guy who's 16 years in the league and you're saying he's rusty because he took a couple months off of the summer and that's just ridiculous in my mind i just think that i don't know i have no explanation mark appreciate the time as always man we'll be talking to you here in the near future i'm sure the High-scoring Kansas City Chiefs coming to town next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Tommy's only lost one home opener ever, so that's a good sign for the Steelers. And they didn't lose yesterday in the road opener either. It was a tie, although it felt like a loss. Appreciate it, buddy. Hey, Take we- care. All right, bud. That's Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Coming up next, the officiating was awful. Something bothered me more than that. Tell you what, it's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Hello, Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. What's that, sir? Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Is it okay to say that Bruce Arians sucked the TV yesterday? I guess Bruce Arians kind of sucked the TV yesterday. Yeah, he's boring. He might learn, but he was boring. He did say one thing that got some attention. When the Steelers ran the RPO sidearm slang to Jesse James, he said he was wide-ass open. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he said ass. Uh. Yeah, listen to the Crowley Show every day from 4 till 7. We say ass all the time. We're edgy. We're new. Yeah. He did take a shot at Todd Haley, though. He said Ben wasn't afraid to sneak when I was around. Okay, why didn't you do it all that much then, Bruce? We got to ask Jerry Dulac about Bruce Arians. Uh, Jerry and Bruce are uh, they're butts. They're golfing friends. They both wear funny hats. They get along. But I thought Bruce was not good yesterday. I wouldn't say he was atrocious. I wouldn't say he didn't know what he was talking about, which I think is the kiss of death for any broadcaster. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You suck. No, it was just, he was boring. He was like everyone else. And I was expecting more from Bruce Arians, who usually shoots from the hip. As a coach, 
He was entertaining. As a coordinator, he was entertaining. Bruce Arians never had a problem saying what was on his mind. He never had a problem saying what was on the tip of his tongue. And yet, yesterday, he did. Stunk! But he'll get better. Unless he doesn't. Who knows? 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me like a lot of you are, bitching at me, at underscore Adam Crowley. People think I blame James Conner. I only blamed him a little bit, okay, people? And he deserved some of the blame. He fumbled the football when the Steelers were up 21-7, to and it set the Browns up for a one-yard score. Anybody who doesn't think that James Conner deserves a little bit of the blame from yesterday, they just like him. They just want him to succeed because he's James Conner, and he had cancer, and he survived, and he went to pit. James is a good player. He played well to a point yesterday. He also gave the Browns the ball at the one. You're allowed to say it. Uh, I love Will Greer. I wanted to throw him through a TV when he threw an interception at the beginning of the Youngstown State game. You can be mad at a player that you love. I've never loved anyone. Not even my wife, the way I love Will Greer, and I was mad at him. I kind of like ties. I brought this up briefly in the last segment. It's like kissing your sister. Oh, they do it in soccer. They do it in hockey. Sometimes a team doesn't deserve to win. I'm a big believer in the team that wins deserves it, and the team that loses also deserves that, unless the referees egregiously make a call at the end of the game that the team does not have a chance to recover from, then, yeah, you didn't win, so you didn't deserve to win. Well, yesterday, no teams won. Neither team lost. Both teams were playing tug-of-war with the emotions of Steelers Nation and whatever Browns fans stuck around to watch the end of that football game, but... Both teams kept saying, I don't want it, you want it. No, I don't want it, you want it. No, I don't want it, you want it. They deserved the tie. Cleveland allowed seven sacks. You don't win a lot of the time when you allow seven sacks. Their quarterback threw 25 incompletions. You don't win a lot of the time when your quarterback throws 25 incompletions. The Steelers, their quarterback, yeah, he threw three picks and turned it over five times. You don't win a lot when your quarterback throws three picks and turns it over five times. The Steelers had... A game-winning kick gets shanked. The Brownies had their game-winning kick get blocked. Neither team deserved to win. It's not that hard to figure out. Oh, ties suck. No, they don't. Win the game in regulation. If you can't, you got 10 minutes. Score some friggin' points. It's not that flippin' hard. It's really not. The Steelers had opportunities. They had a 42-yard field goal to win. Win the game. Win the game. If you don't score in 10 minutes and the other team doesn't score in 10 minutes, neither team did what it takes to win. Period. That's it. I'm okay with ties. They don't happen often enough to be pissed. Now, in soccer, they happen all the time. In hockey, they happened all the time back before they brought the shootout in with the lockout. And when you've got two or three ties a week in hockey, if you've got three or four ties every night in hockey, that gets frustrating. You don't want to go and pay for a tie. But the only tie I ever witnessed in person, I'll never forget. It was Stillers. It was Falcons. It was 2002. Michael Vick running his ass off. 34-34, the final score. Tommy Maddox, end of the game. Steelers get ball back. No time on the clock. Ball in the air. Plexico Burris dives, catches, and rolls over at the one-yard line. A yard away from pay dirt. I will never forget it because... 
When are you ever going to forget the time your team was 10-5-1? and one? Uh, When are you going to forget the time the Steelers tied the Browns? You don't. They don't happen very often. But when they do, you deserve it. In the NHL, yeah, okay, there's deserving it on both sides, but it happens far too often. In soccer, it happens far too often. In the NFL, you don't have to make this an issue. And I heard that driving in today, too, from the station across the street. Ties are bad. Should they outlaw them? It's just like when Penn State got left out of the playoff, should they expand the playoff? When your favorite team gets left off, you should expand. When the Pirates are winning the wild card, oh, okay, you don't want to do the one-game playoff anymore, even though in every other year since the beginning of time it would have helped the Pirates get in. No, you want to change the parameters to help you. Like when the Penguins had to keep playing the Capitals in the second round of the playoffs. This sucks now this year because the Penguins lost to Washington. That should have been the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, well, it should have been the last two years, too. You can't change the parameters every time something goes against you. You can't whine and bitch and moan and complain every time something doesn't work for you. And that goes for the players. That goes for the coaches. That goes for the fans. And more than that, that goes for the broadcasters. To jump in on that topic... Should ties be outlawed because the Steelers tied the Browns? No. F that. Beat the Browns. They were 1-31 in their last 32. To end the show, the hottest take of the day is going to have to do with Serena. She kind of did that the other day. Uh, I'm so sad. Uh, I didn't get coaching. Uh, you're sexist. Man, sometimes it doesn't go your way. My parents didn't want me to whine. And yet I've turned into this whiny little bitch. But they didn't want me to whine. I'm sure Serena's folks would tell her, eh, maybe lay off the whining a little bit. It ain't about sex. It ain't about race. It's about look. That look was bad. We'll get to that to end the show. 412-922-2874 is the number. As always, you can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Everyone bitched at me when I said the Steelers were a fringe playoff team. <clears throat> Where are you today? Hello? Anybody out there? Anybody? No? Had a bunch of callers before? No one wants to complain? No one wants to call me a hater? I had a number of people tell me I didn't know what the hell I was talking about because I said the Steelers were a French playoff team to start the year, and, well, oh, my God, they tied the Browns. I'll say it again. The Browns haven't won a game in 625 days. 625. The Steelers tied them yesterday. That's the only tie that they've had in the 625 days. They're not good. They're better than they were. They're not good. The Steelers tied them. Does this mean the Steelers are bad? No. Does it lend credence to my thought that maybe they're not going to be as good in one-score games this year? Oh, F yeah, it does. Last year, the Steelers were 8-2 and two in one-score games. That's an 80% winning percentage. The league average, 500. Maybe that's just math, but maybe that's what you should expect. The Steelers don't need to be 500 because I think they've got the talent to be better than that in one-score games, but you could imagine that they're going to fall back down to earth in that category a little bit. They already have. How many game-winning kicks did Chris Boswell make last year? Three. How many missed this year? One. 
The ball's not round. It takes funny bounces. When you play teams close when you shouldn't be playing them close, you are due for regression. Last year, Steelers trailed the Colts and had to come back and win. They gave up 38 points to Baltimore, who couldn't throw the ball past five yards with Joe Flacco. They almost lost to the Packers with Hundley at quarterback. This team is due for aggression, and this team already has. I thought they were a fringe playoff team. I looked at them as a 10-6 and six team, 11-5 and five team. Well, you tie the Browns, that starts to change some things. Let's go to Dave on the Crowley Show. Hello, Dave. Hi, Adam. How are you, my friend? Good, buddy. What's up? Hey, it, it hurts me to say this, Adam, but uh, New England is the standard in the NFL. And um, as long as the situation stays the same on the south side, the Steelers are not going to get anywhere. Do you think in your right mind, Adam, that New England would go into Cleveland yesterday, as the Steelers did, and blow that game? No, they certainly wouldn't. But the Steelers are lacking something that I just can't get a hold of. And I'll tell you what it is, Dave. That. I'll tell you what it is right now. I think you're kind of implying that it's coaching. I think it's more on Ben. I really do. And thank you for the call because i got to run. Hey. 412-922-2874. Hey! Ben Roethlisberger struggles on the road. His home road splits are atrocious. And you could blame Mike Tomlin for the Steelers going on the road and laying eggs against bad teams, teams under 500. I blame Ben more than anybody else. You're an elite quarterback. Does Aaron Rodgers struggle on the road? No. Is he as good as he is at home? No. But does he struggle? Never. Does Drew Brees struggle on the road? Yes. As bad as Ben? No. Does Tom Brady struggle on the road? Worse than at home? Yes. As bad as Ben? No. Is it Tomlin or is it seven? I think it's seven. Ben Roethlisberger turned the ball over five times yesterday. You can't put that on the coach. Now, not all of those were Ben's fault. Not all of them. But enough of them were that the Steelers couldn't get out of there with a win against a team that was 1-31 in their last 32. 412-922-2874 is the number. Who do you place the blame on for yesterday's Steelers loss? Is it coaching? Is it Ben? It's obviously a little of both. I think it's more Ben than Tomlin. It's also time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. We'll get to that as well. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Do you go double kibasi? It's been known to happen. Holy crap. I mean, I can see you taking two kibasis at once in college, but probably not on the sandwich. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Coach McDermott from the Buffalo Bills in his press conference said, we're still evaluating the quarterback decision. We all have to do our jobs better, and it starts with me, end quote. No bleep, man. Captain Obvious over there. You think that the Buffalo Bills might want to think about not starting Nathan Peterman? Holy hell, what a dismal performance. In a week of a lot of disappointment, the Bears, the way that they lost, the Steelers, the way that they tied, the Bills take the cake because... <laughs> Yikes. Matt Williamson going to join us coming up in 15 minutes here from the Steelers Radio Network to talk to us about everything that did go down around the National Football League. I am more disappointed in Ben Roethlisberger than I am any other Steeler. I know 
112 penalty yards or 116 penalty yards and 12 penalties isn't a recipe for success. But I think you can get away with that if your quarterback turns the ball over three times instead of five or two times instead of five. Who's to blame, though? You tell me. 412-922-2874. Let's go to Adam next up on the Crowley Show. Good evening, Adam. How you doing, buddy? I, I just want to tell you, this is just my opinion. This is way too much chicken little. The sky is falling. And I'll tell you what, when you lose a game at any level of sports, especially the NFL, you, you refocus better. You watch film more intensely. Um, the Steelers did not lose the game yesterday. Yes, they tied, which is rare and inferior opponent. They had many pluses, though. They played such a sloppy game. They they gave the way, the game away, but they did not lose the game. You're going to see a team that's going to refocus, at least for a couple weeks, and they're still healthy, and it has no effect on the division because a tie neither helps you nor hurts you. And the other caller about New England, okay, New England's a notorious slow starter. They lost at home last year to Kansas City to start out the season. Yeah, it Kansas hurts. City Kansas City at home is a is a No, no, no. A, New England was home, Kansas City was on the yeah. road. But yeah, I, well, yeah, still, I mean that's a that's a better loss than going to Cleveland and tying though. Adam, I, I don't think it's time for the sky to be falling either. But the Steelers went six and zero in the division last year and they're already O and one. Uh, against the worst team in the division. Uh, it's not a good thing. Uh, you, you can try to spin it as much as possible, but it's not good. And, yeah, it does hurt you if Baltimore winds up winning 10 games, going 10-6, and six, and you go 9-5-1, and one, uh, or 10-5-1. and one. I don't know how. Math, math. I don't care about the math, but you get what I'm saying. If the Baltimore Ravens wind up with a half game better than you because you tied the Cleveland Browns, then, yeah, it absolutely hurts. One last, one last thing. They'd have to, uh, sure. Team in the division, Baltimore or whoever, is going to have to win at least 11 games for this tie to hurt the Steelers. And that's all i got to say, and you have a good day, my man. Yeah, you too, man. I like your name. My dude, Adam. I'm the crowd man, though. You're not. Yeah, but you also don't know if Baltimore's going to need to win 11 games to win the division. You don't. The Steelers just tied the Browns. You don't know what they're going to do the rest of the way. Are they going to beat Atlanta at home? Are they going to beat Carolina at home? Are they going to go on the road to New Orleans and win that game? Are they going to beat New England in Pittsburgh? I mean, there are a lot better teams on the schedule. Kansas City's coming in this week. They just put 38 points up on the board on the road. You can't tell me that you know what's going to happen. I thought they would take a step back coming in. Going 0-0-1 tying the worst team in football from the last two years doesn't make me want to change my mind there. Let's go to Todd. Steelers were good in one-score games last year, 8-2. and two. Most teams finish around 500. What's on your mind, man? Yeah, math's not your strong point. <laughs> well, there's no doubt about that. It took me five years, I think, out of count to graduate West Virginia. Yeah, because one-win game, the league average is going to be 500 because one wins, one loses. But besides well, that... Well, Todd, but Todd, that's not that's not necessarily true, though. Like, overall, yes, it'll wind up being 500 if you look at the entire league. But if you go team by team, that's not the way it's going to work out. The Steelers went 8-2 and two last year. The Ravens could have gone 6-3 and three or something like that. Good teams find a way to do that, but they wind up reverting back to the mean, much like the Oakland Raiders did last year. Right. Yeah, but the league average is still going to be 500. 
The but league average will be 500, but good teams find a way. Anyhow, go ahead. Um, right. Cleveland's been the worst team for two years. you got to wait and see what they're going to do this year to see where they're really at. A lot of things went wrong for Pittsburgh yesterday, and they were lucky to come out of that game with a tie, which it's better to tie than to lose. They should have won the game, but a lot of crap did go on. And a lot of people are at fault. Who do you who do you blame the most, Todd? I blame the officials for the whole weekend, not letting people play. The penalties <laughs> were out of control all weekend long. It started on Thursday, even before the weekend. And thank yes, you for the call, Todd. That game was ridiculous too. It was a twenty-six penalties game, number one, twenty-three between the Steelers and the Browns, and it's been that way all weekend. If you sit there and you watch one football game, you really can tell. When I watch college football every weekend, I'm hopping between games. You're watching the Overdrive channel. You flip to the games that are the closest. And penalties don't really seem to be that big of a deal because you're hopping from game to game. In the NFL, if you're watching red zone, penalties don't seem like they're that big of a deal. If you're hopping from game to game, they don't seem like they're that big of a deal. But if you're watching your team or if you're watching Sunday night football or if you're watching Thursday night football, Holy crap, 23 times you had to stop the game to pick up a yellow hanky? The one that stuck out to me was exactly the one that Mark Caballi brought up earlier on in the hour, which was Javon Hargrave's holding call. Why would Javon Hargrave want to hold on that play? You want to free the linebackers up? I guess. Okay, fine. But that wasn't the way the play was flowing. Uh, He wasn't trying to hold... It didn't affect the play. You got to let those ones go. And the NFL has a big problem with letting things go. They didn't let the Tom Brady stuff go. They, with Deflategate, they don't allow marijuana stuff to go. And the referees don't allow these things to work themselves out in terms of penalties either. 412-922-2874 is the number. You can tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Tom, what time is it? One more time? What time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! It's actually 552, Tom, is what I was looking for. I don't know what the hell you're doing here. Hey, the Ravens didn't suck. And the Bengals won on the road. The Steelers should still be the class of the AFC North. But how can you say it after they tied the Cleveland Browns? The Browns didn't win a game last year. They won one two, get two years before. They are 1-31 over the last 32 games. Now they're 1-31-1 over the last 33. I thought the Ravens would be better coming into this season. I thought the Bengals would be better coming into the season. I think the Bengals are a true division test. The Ravens, they did what they do when they're good. When the Ravens are one of the better teams in football, they stomp on the throats of bad teams. Buffalo's the worst team in the league this year. They stomped on their friggin' throat. Joe Flacco looked good. I watched the tape. Oh, boy. Now, I'll wait and reserve judgment until he does it against the not-worst team in the league. But they did what they usually do when they're a good football team. The Bengals winning on the road was very un-Bengals-like. They allowed the Colts to drive 
at the end of the game to take the lead. And whilst they were on their way, Jack Doyle fumbled. The Bengals returned it all the way for a touchdown. Usually it happens the other way around for the Cincinnati Bengals. So both those teams are already looking good. One team will get a loss unless they tie, which I hear is possible, on Thursday night football. The Jags, they're exactly who I thought they were. They're who they were last year. Bad on offense, great on defense. Can they win the division again that way? Sure. I'll bet against it. They're putrid offensively and have even worse weapons than they did last year. Allen Robinson, not around. He's now in Chicago. We saw Leonard Fournette get hurt in yesterday's game. They strike me as a football team that's not going to win that division, one that's going to take a big step back. You know who's taking a step forward? The Chiefs. Mahomes slanging it. I said they're not going to be better than they were last year because a quarterback can't play better than Alex Smith did last year. Alex Smith was a bona fide MVP candidate. But I've had a huge man crush on Mahomes, and he proved to me yesterday why I should. Tyreek Hill, woman beater, bad guy, hell of a football player. They come to town next week. That's a good squad, a good offense. Defensively, they might not be able to stop a nosebleed, but the offense is as good as it gets. How about Aaron Rodgers? On one leg, he's better than just about anyone in the league. He's got Khalil Mack bearing down on him, pun intended, all game long. Finds a way. Finds a way. I wish the Steelers quarterback could have found a way to win in the rain. Final thing here in the great unsponsored football statement filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Martavis Bryant suspended for the season. Some call him an idiot. I think it's just sad. Coming up next, Matt Williamson, always sad. Perhaps it's because he has to work with Dale Lally. He joins us next to talk about the NFL and everything that happened yesterday in the league. It is the Crowley Show. Woo!